All right, good day. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Live the Fuel show. So this evening, or I should say this afternoon, or I don't even know what time it is in his neck of the woods because he's a few hours apart, I'm bringing back a repeat guest co-host. And heck, if we keep doing this, as we may have discussed already, it may become a repeat of a repeat of a repeat moving forward into the future. Uh, but this gentleman has been connected with me now for a few years. Uh, actually, a few weeks back, we had to figure that out. And maybe he can refresh my memory how long we've now known each other. And for those of you who listen to the show for a while, today's guest co-host returning, uh, we've helped each other uh, finish our books. We've uh, helped each other, well, just sharing best practices in the podcasting world. He's a little bit more of a techie geek than I am because he's very well connected in the developer world. Uh, specifically, his actually new brand is Top End Devs, D-E-Vs and Victor S as in developers.com. And... Again, we got authors, we got podcasting, we got uh, geeks about going to conferences, at least we were before, and now we're getting back into that too after the whole pandemic thing. And uh, he even tried taking a swing at a a political thing over in Utah as well. There's a lot that's been happening. So without further ado, Chuck (laughs) Woodsir, welcome back. Yeah, thanks. I had to throw the political thing. I I mean, we've been talking for a while, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so... So was the political thing last year? Dude, time has been going so much, and you and I continue to catch up almost monthly, when when we can. And uh, it was last year, right? Or is it technically this year? The political yeah, thing. last year, this okay. time, I was running for school board, yeah. for the local school board. Yeah, And let's, let's, let's pause on that. All levels of government and everything in your community is important. And I think everybody just goes right for, oh, Congress, Senate, blah, blah, blah. Uh, which, yeah. since those are a hot mess right now, I thought it was smart that you, being a super dad, uh, target something at the local level to try and make a better impact for you, your kids, and your family. Right? So, <laughs> yeah. And, and apparently that, uh, yeah. you, you taught me, is also just as aggressive as the major political world. <laughs> yeah, everybody has feelings about it and... Emotionally um, charged yeah. decision processes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I had people coming at me. I had people out there fighting for me. It was really interesting. I think it was super cool that for the first time you ever tried to take a swing at anything, you know, local or political, or whatever, you actually were able to wrangle some support. So, uh, so again, congrats yeah. again on that. Yeah, so. I was eliminated in the primary by 69 votes. So I, I feel like that's pretty good. I don't know how big the voting yeah. circle is. Do, do you guys, I'm, I'm guessing they told you those stats, like how, how many people? Yeah, there were about 5,000 votes. Okay. I feel like some, that's some good averages. I mean, I'm going with that. Yep. Anything under 100 out of 5K? Sure. All right. But anyway, yep. that's already a, a touchy subject for you from the past. I mean, no, I mean, listen, people, eh. say, people say you're, you don't win unless you win, but I'm like, I don't care. That was still a great educational process. You got to dig deeper into something and, as a developmental nut for myself personally and professionally, anything we take a new swing at brings us growth mm-hmm. in life. So actually, yeah, let, 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 well, let's, let's close that. One subject. of the other things is, yeah, good. Yeah. I, I just want to point out too, if you, if you go and try something new, yeah, yeah, you may not succeed at it the first time, yeah. but if I ever do anything like it again, I know way better what I'm going to do. There you go. So, so. And, and to be fair, I think you said, you didn't say you're not ever going to try it again. Who knows, right? So it's something to think about. Yeah. But you got a lot of the stuff going on. So um, yep. So obviously the rebrand uh, or relaunch rebrand, top end devs, that was exciting. And, and let's refresh uh-huh. people's memories because it's been a hot minute 
since we've aired a show with you. I've been on your show. Right. Uh, but obviously, your bulletproof kind of niche, thanks to Twitter and everything else you do, is obviously beyond podcasting, <laughs> is you love the world of developing and developers, programming, mm-hmm. et cetera. Yep. And is there, because there's yeah, so many so, different niches to that. What is your core niche? I mean, because again, I was I was in the IT side, not really the developer side. Right. So um, devchat.tv, we had podcasts mm-hmm. and it was just a podcast network was the focus. So what we were doing is we were releasing shows in a number of different areas. JavaScript is something that I think a lot of people have heard about if you've been on the web. Um, but we had shows on Ruby uh, React is JavaScript for the web. Uh, so is Angular and Vue, which are other shows that we have. Elixir's a backend technology. So, we, you know, we have shows about all kinds of stuff like that. Um, I'm looking at, at this point, pulling together a couple of shows and putting out products now. And that, that's where the rebrand came in. Um, so some of the new shows are going to be on game development. And then the products are going to center around front-end web development, game development, machine learning, security, stuff like that. Those those are the the areas where, like it or not, I mean, that's where things are growing. So um, effectively, the rebrand came into play when um, I went through a period in 2019 where um, the not so nice people on Twitter decided Dude. that they wanted my business to crash and burn. Yeah, I was lucky and enough to be on your on your coattails along for that journey because you and I were busy talking about yeah. getting each other through the finish line on our books, and then I like I was like, wait a minute, this yeah. is a thing. And you you taught me yeah. a lot about the Twitter sphere. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Say something they don't like or defend somebody they don't like, which is what I did. Um, yeah, they came in, gave me an ultimatum to basically join the mob against a couple of my friends and I just told them no. Yeah. And you know so, what? And I respect that. Yeah. Listen, there's so many, uh, well, actually it's 2023 now. So what is, are we still calling them trolls? Uh, <laughs> you know, the whole trolling. Thing. Well, there are trolls and then there are trolls, right? So, Oh no, please, uh, please some of the define. trolls are just there's out trolls there and then there's trolls. people. That's a fun script. What does that mean? So there are people out there that just want to, you know, they just want to, poke people and see who they can get to react or whatever, or get two minutes of fame. And then there are people that go out there and they actually have a following Mm -hmm. and they go and they create big problems for people. Yes. And I ran across the ladder. Did did you realize um, they were the ladder at first? No. And to be honest, they, so they were going after one of my co-hosts on Mm -hmm. the JavaScript podcast Mm -hmm. and yeah, I just I was like, look, you know, you're taking everything she said out of context. Right. She's a terrific person. I mean, that's basically what I said. Yeah. I you know, and I said, so you're you're just taking this out of context so you can go and get your five minutes of fame. And they didn't like me pointing that out. So then they came after me and they came after another friend who tried to defend her, but he was much more aggressive than I was. Oh yeah. And so they didn't like him calling them names and swearing at them on Twitter. That didn't help. So <laughs> No, didn't help. But anyway, at the end of the day, um, I mean, it's it's really interesting when you have the retrospect that you do four years later, um, you know, looking back, I guess it's been three and a half, but, you know, uh, I went through the state, you know, I was depressed, I was angry, I was, you know, frustrated. Um, I still get blowback sometimes. I'll ask somebody to come on the show and they're like, oh, you're that jerk. 
But um, <laughs> really, it's for the most part, people have let it go. Okay. For some people. Wow. Um, but the other thing is, is that what it forced me to do was it forced me to look at things and go, where do I want to go? Mm-hmm. Right. Where do I want to land? Where do I want to make a difference? What, what is the thing I really want? I mean, I almost gave up. I remember. But once I figured out where I wanted to be, I realized that I didn't just want to be the guy that had the nifty shows about programming. I wanted to be the guy that was out there uh, helping people realize, hey, look, whatever it is you want to do, um, however you look at yourself, you've got a ton of potential. And so, and technology is a great place to go and learn and grow because we get paid well and we get to work on interesting stuff. And in a lot of cases, we can make a difference where we where we're at, mm-hmm. right? Because so many more companies rely on technology. Yeah. And so what I determined was that I didn't just want to do the podcasts. What I wanted to do was put things out that empowered people to go and create the life that they wanted and create the career that they wanted. And basically that just boils down to getting paid as much as they're worth, mm-hmm. work on interesting problems, get recognition for what they're doing, uh, go out and help other people and be involved in the community. And so um, it, it, it turned into the thing where at this point I'm put, I'm starting to put together courses. I've been coaching people. Um, I'm trying to pull together some meetups. I had to put the conferences on hold for a minute. Um, but for just the, working through this. I'm screen sharing, so this will be on our YouTube video feed as well. But I'm just showing off the new yeah. site, topendevs.com, uh, where I love the tagline, learn to become a top 1% developer, a.k.a. the 1% right. out there. <laughs> right. Well, and ultimately, that was the other thing was that um, I a lot of the questions I get are, how do I advance? How do I move up? How do I move ahead? And my answer is mostly you got to do stuff that people aren't doing, mm-hmm. right? And so that's consistent learning, consistent practice, you know, consistent growth, uh, meeting other people and building your uh, network, um, building your network beyond your local community, uh, making contributions to the community, putting content out there. If you're doing those kinds of things, that's where the growth is. And so that's where my focus has been now is, hey, you know, I'm going to give you content to level up your technical skills. And that's kind of obvious to most people in the development space and to people who think about the development space for about half a minute. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, the rest of it just came down to, but I'm also going to help you with the other things, right? I'm going to show you how to uh, produce content. I'm going to show you how to get speaking bids at conferences. I'm going to show you how to, um, you know, be out there, how to meet people, how to go and um, decide what you need to learn to get where you want to go. I'm going to show you how to plan ahead for your career. And all of those things, you know, kind of play nicely into becoming that top 1% developer. The other thing is, is that anymore, if you're a decent technologist and you have terrible interpersonal skills, you won't hold on to jobs. People very, won't very hire you good anymore. Point. Uh, let's pause on that real quick then, because everything you just said up to this point has been something I've always been about that I've learned over my career right. in the corporate space. I mean, that's how I landed my firefighting gig, right? Like, who's a corporate monkey with no firefighting background? How do I get a, a wildland firefighting gig on an elite hotshot crew? Because yeah. I knew how to network and I knew how to be friendly and talk to people. Mm-hmm. And I talked my way into it, into a lunch interview, right? 
So the personal skill set, the ability to, to communicate with other human beings is needs to transcend all skill bases. If people need to remind, hey, oh, yeah. you're trying to get hired by another human being. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, expand yep. on that, man. Well, the other thing is, is that, um, you know, today we're seeing people get laid off from a lot of the big tech companies. I Ooh. mean, Microsoft laid off thousands of people. Amazon, I think it was 20,000. Salesforce, my client developers. Salesforce, yeah. Yeah, Salesforce did. Um, Twilio did. Yeah, they're they're kind of the backbone of most of your phone infrastructure these days. Have, am I um, am I correct about a rumor I've been hearing that like there's a big up uh, upheaval over in India too, and like there's literally because a buddy of mine's a big Reddit guy, and he's like, dude, like there's a whole mass of like uh, developers trying to get now out of India and over here or something like that. I'm like, is that a thing? Like, I was like, well, wow. I mean, so I guess even that ripple I don't affected know. Over I haven't there. heard anything about that. Cause I know there's a big developer pocket. I haven't heard there. anything about that, but yeah. Yeah. So the, the thing is, is that a lot of these big companies, they hire teams over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, you know, sometimes they have them doing their core work, but a lot of times they have them doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. And because of that, and and we're, this is why we've had all the layoffs from the tech companies here in the U.S. too, is that um, easy was uh, free or money was free and easy to get, mm-hmm. you know, pre-COVID, you know, oh, people um, were just you know under Trump, yeah, yeah, right. And so you know, and and I'm not going to get into the politics of it because it's really complicated, mm-hmm. and I I can't attribute it to anybody as to why we are or aren't there now, but. Um, I, I think to a certain ex- extent, there are certain worldviews that have influenced where we are now. Sure. Um, but just just talking over where we're at with the current climate and, and the economic situation we're in, a lot of these companies looked at it and said, we don't need to be doing all the discretionary stuff, right? We have a core business that makes us all our money. And so we're going to tighten our belts a little bit. And what that meant was, any extra projects that didn't look like they had a real solid shot of paying off, they cut them. Yeah. Well, and when they cut them, they cut all those tech people. I could tie that directly to the sales and marketing space, which is my niche, right? So Mm -hmm. what do most companies cut budgets on first when they need to tighten things up? Besides firing people or laying people off, which you've already hinted at from the tech space is because that is, and and just for the the financial background on that whole decision, that was not even politics. It is if you're a publicly traded company, right? What's the fastest way to lean out your books to make it look good to the investors, lay people off. And all of a sudden you've saved tens of thousands of millions of dollars on just payroll. Yep. Yep. So, yep. But that, can also affect sales and marketing space because again, people know you need sales pros to keep bringing the new business in or keep the existing uh-huh. business ongoing. But then it's like, wait, well, okay, well then we're just gonna make the sales guys work harder. Let's cut marketing, let's cut advertising. But what they're doing is yep. they're cutting the legs out from underneath the sales professionals because for years I've always said this, these departments need to continue to work together. They're brothers and their sisters, like they're helping each other. But mm-hmm. when you cut marketing and advertising, yep. Now you're just down to the basic human skill set of the relationship. So. Right. Yeah. Nope. It's so true. But yeah, so that's what we're seeing. Yeah. Like I said, I don't know how that's affecting India, but it wouldn't shock me if it was true because a lot of the the discretionary teams wind up over there. Yeah. Well, Um, lower costs. So, yeah. But even those costs add up. So, but yeah. 
But so, yeah, so yeah, back to at you the end and your of the brand, day, though. that's that's what I'm helping people build. Yeah, is yeah, it's hey, how do I become the person that's indispensable at work? Because I have a high level of technical expertise, I work well with the team. I can take the lead where I need. I take initiative. Um, you know, I'm well connected and can get us the help we need. Right, mm-hmm. I'm kind of that A player that that will elevate the whole organization. Well, let's, let's, let's be real from a coaching and a training standpoint, not for me to pat your back, but I'll do it. Uh, you've been at it for a little while <laughs> as a quick refresher because a little while, well, I mean, again, I've only known you definitely. We are, what was the number? It was definitely over four years. Technically we've known each other now, right? Because I'm going back here. Let me yeah, screen share. It was uh, August of 2018. Yeah, because yeah, that's right. Cause you, I finally aired you on a show for your book launch um, uh, back yeah. in March of 2020, and you and I are just a timestamp but are talking here in March, but obviously I don't know when I'm going to air this one just yet. So it's been technically, you know, three to four years just since that, let alone working together yeah. on helping each other. And admittedly, just to timestamp that for newer listeners, he and I met just through a, uh, a self-publishing mastermind group or support group. And then yep. in the long run, you and I sort of kind of didn't even follow what we had paid to follow in that program and went our own routes, which, you know, I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs do. And then we ended up finding better partnerships in the publishing world. Shout out to Hillary and other people to help us polish things up and make it a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, Hillary Jastrom, which I'm still working with. So it's just funny. Now granted, because you and I chose to say, Hey, I wouldn't mind having a accountability partner. Why not? And then Mm -hmm. you and I have been connected ever since because we both are smart enough to realize that, we're not saying we're not smart. We're not saying we don't already know a lot. But if two people are on the same path and you're from different backgrounds, what yep. what could you learn from each other? What could you cross-pollinate from each mm-hmm. other? And that's when you taught me, like, I had no idea that you'd been in the developing space that freaking long and training and already coaching people. And back then, you hadn't even launched any of your courses yet. And I th- right. were, were even all the conferences rocking and rolling that strong yet-ish? Um, I was, uh, yeah, I was going to a few conferences. No, I mean, you having your own, trying to, trying to do your own. (laughs) The virtual. Yeah. So I started doing those in 2012. Okay. And I've probably done a few dozen of them at this point, but the, the issue that I've had and the reason I had to back burner them is because, um, I don't have time to do them and focus on growing the courses and the memberships and things like that. And so um, at this point, I have it on my strategic plan for the year, Mm -hmm. right, to get the conferences back up and running. But effectively what that boils down to is, is getting the memberships up to a sustainable level so that I'm making enough off of them every month to pay uh, most, if not all of my bills, and then actually hiring somebody to take responsibility for the majority of yeah. the communication and in and out work and stuff like that. Right. Event, event I can be the technical marketing. expert yeah. behind it. Yeah. I have most of the contacts that I need for it, but sending emails and managing all the logistics is just something that I'm not really interested in doing. And I, it's not something I have to do, right? Somebody right. else can do that piece. And then I can jump in and say, this is a good talk. This is not a good talk or, you know, this, this is something I want to cover. Let's find somebody for it or, you know, whatever. Right. Because I'm not hiring another technical expert to do the other parts. Yep. I agree. 
Well, and, and let's just, there's some little nuggets just tossed in there throughout there. So one, knowing that we can't always do everything ourselves, even though technically you and I are both are very independent individuals. Uh, That's a like, hard lesson. Yeah. Now behind the scenes, uh, you have technically, you have VAs, right? So helping with all the I podcast do. stuff. So even though mm-hmm. you don't have per se the employees, you have contracted labor because again, yep. we all have the same 24 hours in a day. How we choose to spend mm-hmm. it and what is the ROI on that time every single hour of the hour of the day is where the game right. changes as we grow. Yep, absolutely. Well, and it's interesting too because initially I hired my executive assistant or virtual assistant, however you want to, you know, and, and she's in Philippines, by the way. Yeah, um, which is a great source for that. I talent. hired her. And I was just, you know, I would just hand her tasks that needed to be done. And then she, at this point, we've hired somebody else to help her. And um, she more or less, like, if there's something she can't figure out how to do or she knows that I already know how to do, I'll record a video and I'll send it over. Mm -hmm. But probably half of the stuff she does at this point is stuff that she has determined will get us toward our goals. Cool. And so she, so she just takes the lead on a lot of that. And at this point, what we're doing now is we're getting clearer on our strategic plan. We are documenting, you know, so now she's building checklists. This is how we do this. This is how we do this, right? So here's how we find guests for the shows. Here's how we invite guests for the shows. Um, you know, she's been tweaking the automation in our CRM to invite them, right? So she just puts in their email address and it emails them. But, you know, it's, it's that kind of a thing that Building now she's, logic. she's managing. Yeah. And so, and then, and then she, our, our other, the other VA um, basically reports to her and just picks up whatever um, is needed over there. But she's also been doing a lot of data entry for like um, the last time we transitioned websites, the transcripts okay. got lost in the shuffle. Oh. Well, and so she's been going through and picking up the transcripts and data entering them and stuff like that. I had a recent problem with yeah. that too, because uh, I know you're a Mac guy and I'm a Windows dude. And uh, I made the mistake <laughs> of accepting uh, Windows 11. And I'm, ne- I'm usually not uh-huh. that guy. I never take the new stuff. Even in the Mac world, I usually right. let, it, let it sit there and simmer for a few months, make sure they get to do a few updates before I accept the new iOS. And I went and did it, and it was a big mistake. My whole state-of-the-art studio yep. here just cranked to uh, almost to a stop, and I had to mm-hmm. back it out. And then I lost a few video files of my, my podcast. So there's upcoming oh. shows coming out where I won't have a video episode on YouTube. Now, am, right. I, am I Joe Rogan? No. Uh, but from a quality standpoint, I was a little upset with me triggering a break in my process. So... Uh, so I've already yeah. made that change cause I already pay for like two terabytes of space with Google drive. So I was like, why don't I just have my zoom dropping files there directly and remove the single right. point of failure from a hard drive. But again, these are lessons learned that we're talking about. Yep. We're going to make hiccups. <laughs> yeah. I ran into some of that where, um, like zoom was recording to the cloud, right? So I could do that. But then zoom kept complaining about Space. The amount I had stored in there, the space, right? And they want you to and pay so for it. so <laughs> I pulled it all, right. So I pulled it all down and I was like, all right, well, now what do I do with this, right? I've got thousands of hours of archived video. And, 
you know, so yeah, I stuffed it into Google Drive, but then I also figured out that, yeah, you can turn on Zoom and when Zoom's done, have it upload to Vimeo, which is where all my videos go. Nice. And at this point, the only thing I'm really using Zoom for are our our coaching calls. And See, so I'm going to take this records. as a coaching right now then because I was prior having Zoom just save uh, direct to the hard drive. Then I've just changed uh-huh. that to Google Drive, but I only use YouTube. But is it a pretty seamless right. transition to go right to Vimeo? For Do you find that not breaking the process? Because if you interrupt the conversion process, no. sometimes you can corrupt and lose the file too. We're geeking out. So No, I, I, I don't have to do anything. I just told it to upload it to Vimeo and it just does it. And then you could always extract it. And I don't remember how I set that up. Okay. Yeah, I can extract it from Vimeo. Yeah. So like we've been doing book club calls and that that's one of the membership levels, right? You yep. can do a, a book club, 17 bucks a month. Um, we actually had one of the authors of Pragmatic Programmers, which is one of the books that everybody reads. You know, he was on the last call, right? And yeah, I didn't have to do anything. All I have to do now is train my uh, virtual assistant to go in every week after we have the call and put it into Circle, which is our community platform, because they have courses in there. Cool. Right? So we just set up a course for all the calls. And yeah. So, it, and, and then they just know every week that's what they have to do. They have to grab that. We do it Monday or Tuesday morning. So sometime Tuesday afternoon or Tuesday evening, you know, grab the link and embed it over there in the, in the course. And it sounds right. like your process is this is the processes are going to continue to grow. They're going to continue to get even more and more streamlined, yeah. which then ends up benefiting your membership base and your, your organization of customers yeah. and clients, because it, you literally are developing a never ending source of incoming content. Mm-hmm. So yep. there's a lesson learned. And <laughs> yeah. And the other, the other piece of this is, is that, I'm intending to do that. I already named the areas I was focused in, but I'm intending to do that on for on a premium basis for those, right? Nice. And so they're not courses so much as they're just, hey, here's your weekly training, right? And it's 10-minute videos. You get two of them a week, right? Mm-hmm. So if you want to stay up on a technology area, right, that's what we're doing. And then the same thing with a lot of the career and soft skills. Yeah, which is, again, you're, you're going to have... If you build a, a powerful community, yeah, you're going to have the techie space. Yeah, they're going to want that technical knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, but to your yep. point, which is some of your personal and professional growth as a brand and a, and a guiding force, is you know this this quote influencer space. Like technically, you and I are both mm-hmm. podcasters, so now we're we're following under that umbrella right. of I'm an influencer, you're an influencer in different ways uh, than mm-hmm. other people, and then we're going to attract right. certain audiences in a certain way. So you eventually do put in enough mm-hmm. reps, just like going to the gym, or in your case, training for marathons, uh, or you in your case, uh, give another crack at, uh, and fun at seventy five hard. I had to toss it in there, you know, just a little quick little fun. Uh, yeah, he, he's he, he's crazy. Day like forty four today. There you go, Chuck. That's it. And you know, you know, I'm always behind yeah. you on that. I'm pumped for you. And by the way, I can see it in your face because uh, men, when you're doing yeah. any kind of a massive shift in lifestyle that could trigger uh, more healthy fit results, nutritionally, rest recovery, exercise, fitness, uh, mindset, everything else. Dude, men immediately show things differently in their cheekbones, the neck, everything else. So just fun little segue there. Mm, okay. Uh, but again, the the influencer piece, I've realized over here it just comes over time. Even if you're not trying to, it just happens when you're mm-hmm. doing all the things that you and I are doing. 
And next thing you got right. people DMing you questions over social media or actually mm-hmm. listening to the show and then picking up on the email address and actually reaching out for help uh, when they're ready, when they're ready. Right. So it's exciting. Yep. It is. It's and, well, and it's very rewarding, yeah. right? Um, you know, to see somebody change their life because, you know, yeah. you, you did something right. I, I don't know. The payoff is awesome. Well, and... and and since you and I, I know you got some uh, family love coming up and uh, uh, some, some uh, good dad yeah. session. Uh, and we want to keep this episode short because we're going to make this more of a common thing. So we're coming up on 28 minutes. We're going to go for 30 here. So the reason why I was kind of segueing that to bring the show to a close is that I think for me, hearing everything today, and we had no script, we're just winging it like we have always done on Live the Fuel here, yep. is there's, a, there's something to putting in repetition, all right, so building a, mm-hmm. a common methodology, a common process, um, even if you don't want to, that's the point is you can't judge it right. or critique it until you've put enough repetitions in. Uh, there's those laws of habit saying, uh, and there's other all these quotes out there, right? You have to do something a thousand times and all, all these things. Right. Um, but in the end, you don't know what's going to happen until you build that longevity of repetition. But some mm-hmm. of the most common things that come out of that, one, is patience for the process. Trust the process. You need patience. Um, two, yep. you and I have talked about this. Um, for a lot of people, and especially the developer space that you work with, is don't be afraid to keep it as a side hustle, okay? Don't just, because yeah. I made that mistake years ago myself with one of my companies I tried starting. I just dove ahead first all in. And I had bills to pay and everything else. And, <laughs> and, the, and the savings was gone within three months. And I was like freaking out, yeah. stressed out. And I was like, Dude, that could have been a very successful process if I would have just been patient. Let it build to the point where, mm-hmm. yes, now you have the numbers, the dollars, et cetera, or whatever it is you're working on. It's like, oh, yes, uh, I, I can replace my income in a successful way. And you and I have had right. those talks too. And I think that's something that the listeners should understand is that if anybody's ever being inspired or motivated to even consider going down that path, I think it's even more valuable, obviously, to your listeners, too, in the developer space. It's like, yeah, man, a lot of you developers are looking mm-hmm. for the career or the big company. But how much contract work out there, freelance work, is going on? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and being freelance is what's enabled me to do a lot of what I've done. Over the years. Yeah. Over the years. So. There you go. So. Yeah. So to bring the, the, uh, a shorter style episode to a close, because we're going we're gonna to end on that and maybe kick off on that in the next episode to build more into this, this thread, because I want to make sure that this episode benefits even your fans and followers too. That's why I decided like, mm-hmm. hey man, I'll do all this on my end. If it adds value to your fans too, awesome. Um, but how would you sum all this up for today? Because I was just kind of doing that from my end and what I took away from it and it just reinforces a lot of best practices and what people should expect down the road. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think you've kind of summed up a lot of it really nicely. And what I found is that mostly it's just, yeah, that consistent effort, right? Um, there's there's something to be said for planning ahead, right? So where do I want to end up? Um, what are kind of the intermediate steps, right? You know, maybe a year out or three months out. That th- Those are kind of the time horizons that I like to plan for. Um, but yeah, then just, okay, so what do I deliver every day for 90 days? to be well on my, well on track for that stuff. Right. And then, um, you know, the other thing we talked a little bit about, yeah, just getting canceled on Twitter and stuff like that. The other thing is, is that, uh, you, you really do have to figure out who you are and where you want to end up Mm. because at the end of the day, um, 
you know, I, I was coasting at that point, right? I mean, I had a $300,000 business, but I was coasting. You know, I was going to the conferences. I'd find new sponsors. You know, I'd show up. I was having fun, but I wasn't reaching the potential that I wanted, that I knew I could reach, but I was comfortable. And so, A, it's a blessing when you have a hardship that forces you to rethink things. And B, um, just be really clear about where you want to end up. Where are you going? What is this about? And then that consistent effort will start getting you where where you're uh, focused. I like it. Because we are going to bring this episode to a close. But I have to just toss in one more thing you just kind of hit me with. It's like, I don't want to say be afraid to do this. But what I just heard from you is, yes, every so often it's nice to feel that feeling of coasting. But be careful with that. Because if you're mm-hmm. just coasting along and on an autopilot, that's where mistakes can happen. That's where laziness can happen. And don't be afraid to be a right. true hustler and keep keep innovating, keep going, because that can cause a major crash and burn for some people out there. So, Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well said, Chuck. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the return of the man, the myth, the legend, Chuck Wood, a.k.a. Charles Wood, a.k.a. <laughs> former founder of DevChat TV, now... A, I would like to say Up a massively next. growing community. I would like to, I'm going to go put that out there. I like to put that out to the universe, like energy. Like it's because you got a mm-hmm. crap load of podcast shows. You have a, uh, if I can say it that yeah. way, you got a, uh, a massive level of influence building into courses and curriculum and everything else. And even I, like, again, all these years ago, just makes me feel all warm and fuzzy. I can't help it. I'm just like, oh, yeah, look at that. <laughs> Because like I wasn't expecting us to even be chatting this long. <laughs> and yeah. it's just cool seeing all these new renditions, all this growth. And I just want to say congratulations on the air because it's exciting as a f- colleague from the book writing world slash podcasting world. And now mm-hmm. I would like to say a virtual friend because to be fair, after all this time, you and I still have not met in person. <laughs> we have not met in person. Right. Um, you, I mean, you came out to Park City, which I is did, dude. I did offer to connect here. with you, and because we were out there skiing, and uh, and yeah, that just didn't work out. And it's cool. That's all right. I'm right with it. it. Didn't work out. Maybe yeah. we'll just like like hang out at a random conference one day. I don't know. You know, anything's possible. Yeah, so, maybe. Yeah. Well, anyway, I want to make sure you can get uh, Beagle be good dad. So, ladies and gentlemen, remember, we're here to fuel your health, your business, and lifestyle. Chuck is back, and he helped us do that today. So, remember, <laughs> tune in, subscribe. And keep returning because he'll be returning as well in a few more ahead. So thanks for listening in, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, you too could live the fuel. And we will talk to you guys again soon.